Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Deciding what items your baby might need can be overwhelming. But when it came to choosing the perfect pushchair to keep my little one safe, secure, and comfortable, I turned straight to Bugaboo. Now their range is beautifully designed, easy to use, built to last. In fact, I know that I will definitely be passing mine down to friends and family in years to come. You can even customize your bugaboo by mixing and matching the colors of the canopy, fabrics and base color. To find out more about bugaboo and their product range, visit bugaboo.com. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to Food for Thought, a podcast on a mission to equip you with all the evidence-based advice that you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, registered nutritionist, best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well and founder of Retrition, London's leading private nutrition clinic. In each episode, I'll be joined by special guests, all of whom can be considered authoritative voices in health, so that together we can learn fact from fiction and empower the healthiest and happiest versions of ourselves with trusted expert advice. As hard as anyone might try, I'm not sure anything can ever prepare you for becoming a first-time mother. And combining the demands of running a business with the responsibility of bringing up children is surely an even bigger task. With women setting themselves higher expectations than ever before to take on everything with plans to give birth, look after their baby and then immediately go straight back to work, I wonder just how easy this is in reality. This week's Food for Thought invites my friend Ella Mills, author and founder of Deliciously Ella, to discuss the realities of being a modern-day working mum. Hello, Ella. Hi, how are you? I'm doing really well, babe. How are you doing? I'm good. So as we're recording this episode, I've got six weeks to go, and we were just having a chat off-air about all the, um, the things that go into your mind, the little niggling, worrying doubts, but... On a different kind of note, something I've wanted to talk about and the reason that you're the perfect guest for this podcast is because what happens after with, with your life, how you how you knew it before, you've got you've got your beautiful girl Sky. She's just to die for. She's just so gorgeous. How different is working life now? It is so different and in actually and do you know what? It's so interesting. I don't know whether you found this because obviously you work for yourself. 
it's quite terrifying, I think, mm-hmm. when you're pregnant. And I remember going to like baby class and everyone there had normal jobs. And so they had like X amount of time off work and they knew that. And, you know, when they said to me, like, how much time are you taking off? And I was like, um, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, maybe like 10 hours, maybe 10 days, maybe. I have literally no idea. And um, and it, it really scared me while I was pregnant. And But I, just before Sky came, actually, I was talking to one of my brother's oldest friends, who's a stylist. And she was telling me like how she thought it was the biggest blessing in the whole world because she felt she could do both. And that gave me, like, it was nice to have that kind of positive inspiration. And actually, I don't know, in a, in a many ways it's been really tough, if I'm honest. Like, I was sorting out, like, trying to sort out a social media calendar the, literally the night before I went into labour because <laughs> I've never not done our social media before and I was trying to see if I could take time off. So I was trying, I'd never finished it, so it didn't happen. But I was trying to do that literally the night before I went into labour then I was back online within 24 hours. Matt was able to take one day paternity leave because we worked together. He's my husband. And then he was up at factories working on new product launches for us on day three. And, you know, so it was kind of the initial bit was quite overwhelming in that sense. And there was just so much. And I actually kind of officially went back to work ish after four weeks because I was on a deadline for our next book. Um, and and I remember like yeah it was the bank holiday weekend at the end of August just before I was going back to work and Matt was actually away at one of his best friend's weddings and I was with my mum and my sister at my mum's house and they were my mum my sister just like exceptionally incredible throughout the whole thing pregnancy birth after like they gave me the most incredible support but I literally was just like crying and crying and was Mm. like oh my gosh I can't do it I don't want to do it and I felt so kind of overwhelmed and terrified at this idea of like you're so new to motherhood and you're trying still I mean I was still trying to get the hang of like breastfeeding Mm. and like even how to hold the baby like it's just so new and then you're trying to go back to work and be professional and you can't even wear any of your clothes and not that that matters but there's a kind of you feel I felt lost in a bit of a limbo I was like am I a mum right now am I working I feel like what's your identity yeah and it's but then it was really interesting I went back to work and I loved it yeah and now I feel so I do definitely feel torn I don't think you'd ever meet anyone who doesn't feel torn I think that's probably just like part and parcel of it but actually in so many ways I feel like it was such a blessing because I feel so lucky to do both and I genuinely feel so far like she's about to be seven months old and I've not felt there's a day where I haven't really done both obviously it varies a little bit day to day how much you do of one versus the other but I feel so lucky to be able to work in the evening when she's asleep or during her naps at weekends and then steal an hour here, steal Mm, an hour there. There's pros and cons, isn't there? Yeah, there really is. And I think the fear at the beginning, I couldn't see those pros, but actually, honestly, doing it now, like, I really, really feel them. It's really good to know. I think some things that you said really kind of struck a chord with me, and that was the initial fear, obviously, of how am I going to maintain something? Everyone else is on maternity leave. They get X amount of weeks. You know, in my antenatal group, they're all talking about their maternity leave at the moment and how long they've got booked off afterwards. 
And it's the unknowns. And of course, your emotions must have also been sky high because we know biologically after giving birth, you've got a, a huge surge of different hormones. Baby blues, they say, can kick in after three to four days when milk comes in. So you were dealing with running an empire at the same time as running something completely unknown. It does enforce how amazing our bodies are. Oh, my gosh completely like it is actually extraordinary what you're capable of doing and people say that like motherhood creates an empowerment and a sense of kind of ability to do things and I definitely actually felt that from birth as well I was suddenly felt like I was more powerful than I've ever felt in my whole life and it it is really interesting but yeah the the surges of emotions are just extraordinary and I think it's interesting trying to be professional while that's happening Mm. and actually I was very lucky I didn't really get the baby blues so much in that initial bit what really hit me I stopped breastfeeding around six months whole long story but Mm. I always found it difficult and then the milk just dried up and I tried everything and I was really kind of like berating myself for it and eventually I realized like it wasn't making either of us happy and we gradually stopped I didn't want to do it either and as in she did she didn't want the boob and I the drop in hormones that happened when I stopped breastfeeding and the effect that had on my mental health I've never really had an experience like it it was fortunately not that long like a week or 10 days but it was a week or 10 days where I felt so disconnected from everything including sky I felt just a kind of complete lack of care of basically everything I could not stop crying like just bawling my eyes out and it's really interesting because I was back at work at this point and I was trying to do things and I was trying to be the old me people look to you you are Ella you know it's your company yeah and you're struggling to understand what on earth is going on and it's quite scary in that sense but then you're also trying to kind of put on a face and walk into a meeting and be like right this is what I think but really all you think is like oh my gosh am I okay yeah and I'm sure there's lots of mums listening that have probably been through that as well and you touched on Even the breastfeeding subject, which actually could be a whole other podcast in itself. It could be a whole series in itself, I think. It really could, because everyone is so individual. There should be no judgment. But actually, in this case, it's more of the judgment perhaps we put on ourselves as well. I would say it's both. Mm. I think think there's a lot of judgment on ourselves, I'm dreading this aspect of, yeah. Yeah, but it's so interesting so far, my experience of, you know, obviously I'm so, so, so new to this. I've got so much to learn but I've never felt more supported and more connected to other women in my life which is unbelievable but I've equally never felt more judged and more criticized and it's an interesting kind of combination you suddenly feel like with a lot of people barriers come down and walls come down because people are just like oh my gosh my nipples or like oh my gosh my hormones or like this that the next thing and suddenly people are just so open about topics that you know you wouldn't necessarily talk to people you don't know so well about but then at the same time and especially with breastfeeding I have to be honest that's where I've seen it the most and the concept of like sleep and kind of whether your baby has like a rhythm and a routine and things and the divisive nature of these conversations are so extraordinary and to me I think the saddest thing about it is I think it's a time in your life where like I think everyone could do without the judgment Mm. you know well generally I think we could all do without 
the amount of judgment we put on each other anyway but it's definitely a time in your life where you are trying to learn 7,000 different things at any one time and everything's so new and everything you know you need so much help because you have no idea what you're doing because it's brand 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 new and you can read so many books but like nothing's going to really prepare you for the reality and how you feel in your body and with all the different hormones and the changes and everything as well and so yeah and the changes in your relationships and like your the way you view yourself in the world Mm. like it's just so different and therefore what you obviously if you if like it's, it's different to share information and education and resources that's amazing like that sharing and educating that's not just criticizing but the criticism is really unbelievable and that's the sad reality of part of your business I suppose being online mm. and I can relate to a degree but not half the fraction of the amount of comments you must get every single day it must be quite hard to manage and filtrate through and perhaps some people sometimes aren't aware of the impact of their words um it's a topic that should be discussed a lot more and another thing that links on from breastfeeding judgment is perhaps the pressure to snap back now Mm. you've mentioned already a conflicted um area for you of feeling these emotions having to put on a brave face at work and keep it all together Women are expected to snap back and keep it all together. What are your thoughts on that? Oh my gosh, completely. And I think that's a pressure we put on ourselves as well. Um, to kind of like, yeah, be the old you. And, and mm-hmm. you're not the old you. You're a better version of you, but you're definitely a new version. Mm. And I think there is a huge, huge, huge amount of pressure there. And it's not just, I think when people say like snap back, we always think about like, the magazine showing pictures of like celebs bodies which is six packs in like a week (laughs) yeah exactly and there's that part of it but I think there's also like the emotional part and it's really funny like it's our company and it has my name in it and yet I honestly the insecurity I had about like officially going back to work so I went back to work after about four weeks but I was mostly working on our podcast and our book and so I was doing it kind of quite remotely I was at our book shoots and stuff I wasn't really in the office like with our team Matt was completely doing like the day-to-day 100% and I was working with him but much more like at home and Mm. remotely and kind of higgledy-piggledy and then Matt and me and Sky went on holiday at Christmas and it was when we were coming back that I was going to kind of officially go back to work and I literally was like crying and I was like oh my gosh I'm so insecure I feel like I'm completely redundant now you've all done this without me you don't need me what do I even bring to the table I don't have any skills that these other people don't have you know suddenly you walk into your office And I think this is something that all women will experience. You walk in and you're like, wait, who is this person? Like, who's this person? You know, suddenly there's new people and these new people are involved in these systems that that you're not involved in because you haven't physically been there. And there's an insecurity I felt, and it was really interesting. Our finance director is a woman and she's just so brilliant and she's got three kids. And she told me every time she came back, she was so insecure and nervous and you know had moved jobs almost because of it and I felt as I said there's amazing how the walls sometimes come down and you have these like really personal honest conversations for the women which is a really beautiful thing but I think it's a very normal thing to experience it's and the great you can speak out about that Ella because so many other people working in their normal nine to fives perhaps someone else has been doing their specific yeah. job role for a year and how could you not feel insecure about that yeah. you know you, suddenly you haven't been needed someone else has been doing all of your jobs and everyone's still standing and there is something like intrinsically terrifying about that and then you have this need to kind of like prove no I am a value you know I can do this job 
while you're also still dealing with like maybe pumping in the toilets or you know you know whatever it is learning about weaning at night time mm-hmm. and like trying to make your baby like little fritters to have the next day or whatever it is I mean how do you manage that self-doubt what did you do do you have any tips you could give our listeners because it sounds very overwhelming yeah it's a uh, it's quite a process to be honest I think I think there's like literally nothing you can do other than just do it yeah. And it's really interesting. I think we have this thing and it's it really it's parts all parts of life, isn't it? Where we get so in our head and in your head you like give yourself this whole story mm. and it's so terrifying. And then when you do something, it's it's so much easier than you expect it's gonna be. So I think trying not to overthink it as much as possible is like the best possible thing that you can do. Do you think your priorities does that help the fact priorities have changed or you've got something else in your life that can give give you a kind of meaning or a purpose? Yeah, I think that, pers- that definitely perspective shifts. I felt that kind of throughout the pregnancy, it was so gradual, but like towards the end when you feel like, okay, there's like really this like full human being now in my belly, I started to feel like I already had a bit of a prioritization of the baby and like how the baby was feeling and things like that and not kind of overdoing it in the way I was doing before. You know, I Matt and I used to work literally like seven days a week, kind of fourteen, fifteen hours a day. And I would just never ever even dream of doing that anymore. I have no interest in doing that. I've got no inclination and I don't feel any need to prove myself. I really kind of I am who I am. I'm doing what I'm doing. I want to do the best that I can possibly do. And I want to make myself proud. And I want to make my family proud. But like, I don't really care otherwise. Mm. I think if I'm if I'm doing the best possible, like if I'm doing the best job that I can do, and I'm doing it with the best intentions and with like kindness and kind of awareness of others, then like that's all I can possibly do. And like it's stuff like before, you know, you'd get a message from someone even like on Instagram being like, I hate what you do. I hate you. <laughs> And you'd be like, oh my God, I'm so upset. And now yeah. I'm just like, I literally don't care, get a life delete. Yeah, no, which is a great attitude to have because how do you filtrate the people that are offering you valuable advice and the ones that are just messaging you with completely like unsolicited, you aren't even asking for it. Yeah, and I found that a lot actually with breastfeeding. Some people were like giving me loads of interesting resources. Have you read this? I found this really helpful. Or oh, I made this recipe for like milk cookies and that really helped me. And it's really kind and it's really supportive. And then other people are like, you're a terrible person. How could you even consider giving formula? Like you don't care about your baby. You're going to kill your baby by doing this. Kind of so, 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 so extreme. And like really, it's just such an emotive topic. I think that's the fundamental problem when it comes to discussing these sorts of things. Like they're so personal and there's so much deep-rooted emotion in that. And I felt that when when I was talking about our birth and I had a home birth with midwife and a doula like I ate avocado toast afterwards I ate dried mango during it was very I've got a parent addiction to dried mango by the way yeah daily the best ever (laughs) it was one of my pregnancy things as well and um and you know look there were so many things that went in our favor for it I had a healthy pregnancy and all the rest of it but I also spent hours and days and weeks researching and learning everything I could to kind of get my head in the best possible place and really work with our midwife and all the rest of it and I don't think that it was just luck in that sense obviously of course luck comes into anything in the world but it was really interesting and even that was such a complicated topic to have a discussion about because it was so triggering for other people and it's 
I don't know, I've kind of come to a place where I'm sometimes so stuck. Like, do you have these conversations or do you not? They're, they're really important conversations to have, I think. But at the same time, they've become so emotive and so charged mm. that I think sometimes we really struggle to have these conversations because we all bring so much kind of baggage and personal opinion to the table. We really do. And it's something that really I've noticed since obviously being pregnant, you've been a huge help to me. I felt like I could ask you anything and you've been... It's so nice and I find it very reassuring. However, I can see, like you said, it's a motive perhaps for someone that couldn't have the birth they wanted or they can't have children. And always in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, we're so lucky. And of course, you could be grateful, but you should be allowed to discuss the ups and downs. I almost feel like before becoming pregnant, I was unaware of everything. Yeah. Like it was a space that I had not even tapped into. I know I was shocked yeah because I think that's that that's the challenge it's it's such a blessing and it's a blessing beyond a blessing but it doesn't mean that there aren't a few negatives along the way that most women will encounter I didn't know I'd have to wear nappies post birth until I saw it on your Instagram Ella yeah no the nappies no one tells you you need the nappies uh, yeah the best ever (laughs) but it is it's all that kind of stuff and like there were just so many little things during pregnancy I had so much phlegm like I was just so snotty which apparently is quite common and it's just yeah I think it's a shame that we don't know always about these sorts of things like my cankles honestly I shared some pictures of them and people were like those aren't your feet and I was like I swear to god those are my feet (laughs) they were literally never seen anything like it there were like four rolls on the ankles they were so swollen I could like literally not move my legs I mean it was 37 degrees that week so it was the super super hot summer but it was just kind of like there's all those things and like they are hilarious in some capacities but they are negatives and you know the reflux and the heartburn and like the I had this weird thing where I had like searing pain in my nipples whenever it was cold. I know we talked about this. Yeah, I got it too. It was just horrendous. Yeah. Absolutely horrendous. I had to put a hot water bottle, towels and rub them. It feels like someone's trying to like like, burn off your nipples. Yes. It's one of the most painful things I've ever experienced. And it's just all these little things. And it's just, it's the nervousness to share. But I think as women sharing is so important and, and equally men need to hear it because I feel like if, as, as a man out there your mum went through this your yeah. sisters your partner one day yeah. may, may give birth to a child or your friends you got godparents you could you're attached to women yeah it's important we do speak out and with all of this going on so we've just touched the surface on all those kind of symptoms you've just given birth you had your home birth yeah did you feel a pressure from the outside world to share that Sky had arrived? Um, did you feel that you were being asked to go back to work or was it something you kind of put on put on with yourself? I think it was a combination of the two, to be honest. I think, um, yeah, I I was so excited that she was here. I like, just couldn't believe it and I wanted to tell everyone because I was just, I am an oversharer by nature though. Um, and so, yeah, I, I definitely like to tell everyone everything all the time, maybe sometimes to my detriment. But, um yeah, I think I definitely put an element of pressure on myself to go back to work. And I think that's, you know, again, it's partly like if it's your business, you will feel even if you're technically off, as soon as you start your own business, you'll never be off again you're until you close the business down or sell mm. it or just not involved in it. You will never Christmas Day holidays like you. There is no such thing as off because if you're off, you don't know what's happening and gosh knows what might be happening and that's not to say like no one's doing it right it's just that like the reality of running a business means that like there are always problems and there's always things to solve and there's 
and therefore you have to be attuned to and aware of what's going on and like Mm. for us we both run our company together it is literally everything like our house is mortgaged against our company like if the company isn't working we are in real trouble like we then Mm. wouldn't have the finances who's going to then employ us after we like work together to create an unsuccessful company and so there is this constant pressure to be on and to do more because that's your whole livelihood and the whole livelihood of your family and the livelihood of all these people who've taken the risk to come and work for you of course and support you so your organizational skills must have been I mean you must have a good plan in place is there any tips you can give people on you said you tried a social media schedule yeah that lasted (laughs) not even a full day um I mean, it's actually the easiest time is when they're tiny, tiny, tiny because they do sleep so much. But then, see, this is another great example. So I would have Sky sleeping on me in bed and then I'd have my computer on me. And then I had these people say, <gasps> oh, my gosh, don't put your computer anywhere near the baby, the radiation. And oh, no. It's just suddenly you just think, oh, my gosh, I'm trying to do my job and be with Sky, And now I'm doing that all wrong and I'm like, killing her and oh, it's sort of you. yeah anyway but I think yeah, you you know there's always a way to make it work yeah because but building anything that successful is not an easy task I mean what is the thing you've learned the most would you say since having a baby having an empire to run at the same time what has been the hardest kind of challenge that you've had to face ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I think, I don't know, I think there's an element of letting go. I think, but I think probably for us personally, the biggest challenge is the fact that we do it together. And as a result, like Matt was incredible and he picked up all my slack and he like really ran with it but then for him like he was so busy the first few months after Sky was born and like he'd have nights away because he was up at like different factories and he was leaving really early in the morning and you know he was just like 
And that's hard because suddenly you're there thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? And that's, you know, the person you really want to be there and they can't be there. But then they're doing everything in the world oh, to support a relationship you. must be, yeah, it's just hard. Yeah, and it's just sort of, you want to be so understanding of each other. But actually, like, yeah, when there's that added pressure in it as well, it's, you know, it can be... It can be quite a challenge. A hundred percent. I think we should discuss the role of fathers, actually, because they often get overlooked, don't they? So in your situation, and I know I'm going to have a very similar one um, in terms of, you know, no maternity, paternity kind of leave in our lives. How on earth do you manage any ounce of quality time when, when you've got a baby and that amount of pressure on you? I think the thing is, is you then just have to choose. Like, it's the ultimate, you know, you can't have it all. You know, mm. we've been saying this forever. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, but I think now more than ever, like, I appreciate, I, I just cannot have it all. It's not really possible, I don't think, for example, at the moment to, like, really have friends. Mm. Like, not, not really. I've got my, like, kind of five, six best girlfriends yeah. And that's amazing. But basically, outside of that, I would say a social life is impossible. Yep. Because I'm either having a social life, or I'm seeing Matt, or I'm doing my work. And I, I, the, there's not space for the three. It's mm. actually impossible, as it stands. Or, like, wanting to ever exercise, or, like, do something for yourself for a sec. You know, read a book, take a bath, just do I something. I need scheduling in in advance, because it just doesn't happen otherwise. Exactly. And, and like... I think that that's to me the biggest thing is like I think it is impossible to do yeah. everything. I don't think I saw a funny meme on Instagram the other day about you know like trying to have a full time job and kids and a workout routine and the mum was just <laughs> like drowning in a puddle somewhere. And I think there is <laughs> there is something in that like you you can't do everything. And for me like my priority is obviously Sky Number One and Matt and our family and it's work and like I have to be really honest about that. And that's that's really all I've got space for in my that's life so at the moment important that you're honest enough to speak out and say that and I think until you become perhaps a parent or you're close to someone who is a parent it's very difficult for people to understand how how tricky and I'm not going to use the word flaky or unreliable but things happen don't they oh my gosh completely you are flaky and unreliable I'm there you go okay fine yeah I think so yeah. because it's just not your priority no just not even a little bit I mean Sky could be sick one day and then yeah. you have to call or cancel your whole plans exactly and like you do that without even considering it yeah. and also you you as well like you'll get to the end of the week and if you're working and looking after them you'll get to the end of the week and you're just so tired that like on the weekend all you really want to do is just be the three of you or have many you are and just have that quality time and like literally you know basically every weekend we do nothing Mm. matt likes to play golf on saturdays that's his time to like actually switch off and get some headspace my sister always comes around to hang out with sky and that is literally the only thing we do i mean how do you manage on so little sleep i think will be the question people are probably going to want to know as well so you obviously recuperate at the weekends when you can you're very good at telling people i'm guessing now you've learned to say no which is a good skill but how do you function on the sleep in the initial few months the yeah. Initi- yeah, I <laughs> mean, long. I'm. We were really hot on sleep because we knew that, like, that was. If you're gonna go back to work, like, obviously you're not gonna have a good night's sleep every night, but you yeah. don't anyway. So you know that, but that would be impossible, I think. But we knew that there was no way that we could both be back at work, running a company, like actually doing our jobs on no sleep. <laughs> if we were just permanently like 
you can be tired but if you're permanently like actually sleep deprived and therefore kind of a little bit delirious you're just not going to be able to function in the way that you want to function and need to function and so from day one we were really hot on like trying to encourage Sky to sleep and trying to help her and support her and like we you know everyone's got a different way of doing it I would never just like leave her to cry but I would you know we tried to kind of gently guide her towards like a little kind of rhythm of a day and having naps and that you know helping her sleep at night time and just having like a bit of a nighttime routine so trying to kind of have like milk and bath and bed at the same time kind of mm. time and try and get her into a bit of a pattern and I have to say it has really worked obviously there'll be days that it doesn't work but like generally routine really helps it has and like since she was like three months old she's always slept seven till five amazing what happens after five some days she (laughs) can go back to sleep some days she'll wake up at like six seven but if you know that but they see again it comes back to the fact you can't do it all because if you know for sure like until five you can sleep but like you don't know uh, after five you really need to go to sleep by 10. So you kind of want to be in bed at like 9.30. Just in case, yeah, you so, need to pre- prepare. And then you can't do a lot. Like, no. You know, you finish work, you have dinner. like, And that's what I mean. Like, So for me and Matt, we have dinner at home. We like make vegetables with pastos. It's pasto. It's like the simplest thing. And mm. we sit and watch Netflix in bed and then go to sleep. Because maintaining that. your, I've, I've seen, and obviously maintaining a healthy diet's been kind of essential-ish. You know, you do what you yeah. can. It's good that you've got good cooking skills. What would be your kind of go-to tips for any listeners that are struggling? Would it be a, get some pasta in your cupboard? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think it's so hard because when you're so tired and emotional and there's just so much going on the last thing you actually want to do is cook like Mm. I so get it and I felt that way so many times but it is that thing where like it's the time where probably like trying to take five minutes to do like a tiny meditation or like a 10 minute YouTube yoga or make like a quick healthy meal will serve you better than any other time in your life and I Mm. definitely did find that the days where I was like I don't have the energy, I can't handle this. And I would just eat like seven bars of chocolate. I never, ever felt better. No. Whereas the days where I was like, right, sky's asleep, I've got 20 minutes, I'm going to eat something proper. I always did feel better for it. And it was the same, like the nights, especially at the beginning where you get so little sleep and it's so broken. I'd, when Matt would get up and go to work, I would get up and go for a walk. Like I would just get out of the house and like go and get a coffee with Sky and go for a walk and it, again like getting outside it moving seeing sunlight even if it was grey it's still light there's a lot to be said for external factors like light and our yeah. mood yeah and just getting up mm. just saying like I am getting out the house mm. and I always felt better for it not easy no but you always feel better for it and so I think when it comes to cooking like just do the simplest simplest stuff and always try and cook recipes that you can make like two or three times the amount of like if you take like a doll for example you know all you need to do really is like chop some kind of garlic and onion and let's be honest you can just buy the frozen ones and you can get the cans of the lentils that are already cooked you can just chuck it all in so you can just make your life so easy but to make like two three four times as much is not really gonna, you know, you're gonna have to do like a few more teaspoons of herbs and spices. Like That's it's it. so, so simple, but then you would have a meal for another day and all you'd need to do is like pop it on the hob and warm it up or just pop it in the microwave. And like in five minutes, you could have like an actually like healthy, hearty, filling, satisfying meal. It's so much better. And a lot of the parents I see in the nutrition clinic that have tried the whole sandwich route, it's just an epic fail. Yeah. I mean, for some people, it might be a quick and easy go to, but I think. 
the mentality of a big dish like a dal, something you can spoon out of one pot and yeah. continuously use rather than preparing from scratch. Even the action of having to get the bread out and cut the bread and then put different fillings in yeah. can be stressful for people. Totally. Just make it so easy. And it's yeah. the same like the amount of pesto pasta we've eaten is a joke. Because yeah. I always have pesto. Either I'll make it, again, we'll make loads and freeze it or just have to always also have some jars in the house. And then you can chuck in. Like you can just chop some broccoli, which will take literally mm. like one minute. And I'll stir in broccoli, frozen peas and frozen spinach. That sounds Into amazing. the pasta with the pesto. So the only thing you've had to do is chop a bit yeah. of broccoli. like, it, And that's the only fresh thing you're using as well. Yeah. Everything else could be in your freezer and in your store cupboard. And so again, it's like 10 so minutes. Simple. There's so little washing up. Everything can be chucked in the dishwasher. But you're getting three green veggies. And so there is... And you could chuck some like rocket or something in your pesto as well. And so there is something again about just like keep it so, 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 so simple. But you can still do some like pretty healthy stuff in that simplicity. And you'll reap the rewards. And it's so important when you've got a newborn or a baby, if you're going to have energy, you need to be getting the fuel in. And I've got time, just one more question from me before I ask from listeners. Okay. Childcare. Yeah. So, Such a nightmare. Right. Okay. <laughs> because I think a lot of parents probably will feel a bit, I know I probably were a bit nervous or anxious if they have to get someone outside of their initial mm. network to look after their child. What experiences have you had? It's so hard. And I think it's the ultimate example of when you want to do it all and you want to be the person that does everything for your child. And if you are able to do that, that's really amazing. But you know, in my case, for example, like that was only possible up to a point. And then like, I can't work like eight hours a day with her with me because I can't, I can't give her what she needs, which is time to like develop and explore and play. You know, I, I can't, I can't really do both like effectively. And that's why I realized like she needs to be happy. And I think I can't always give her that. And equally, like I'm trying to give her a great life and I can't do that if our business goes under so it's like I do need to work Mm. and she should develop and have an interesting time and play and have time to do that and like explore her food and all the rest of it and so but you know the fundamental problem in it it's a huge problem and I don't know what it's like in other countries but as far as I understand it's it's the same in lots of other countries is childcare is just so 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 ludicrously expensive Mm. and that to me is like the fundamental. I have friends that here. haven't gone back to work because the cost of childcare outweighs what they earn at work. Yeah, and I I know so many people yeah. like that, and like that's just not fair. If you no. don't want to go back to work, that's brilliant. Like being a full time mum is the most incredible thing. Like that's a harder job. I honestly think working full time as a mum is harder than working in an office. I really, really mm. do, and that's amazing. But if you want to go back to work, so and unfair. it's kind of cost prohibitive it's so wrong and you know waiting till your child turns five and starts school and then there's you know a free option is really that's a long time to take out of your career and it's a real it's a real challenge one that I do not have the solution to in any shape or form but I think it is really 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 challenging it's important that we've raised it I think because a lot of people will be thinking oh it's all right for some people if they can afford childcare, and you know there's lots of different aspects to it and leaving your child with someone I suppose on the other flip side someone has to have the right qualifications or expertise or experience to take care of your child to entrust them 
you know, with a stranger. It's there's so many points to raise when it comes to looking after someone else's child. Oh, completely. And I have to actually, I will be honest about this. I thought so. I had someone to help me when I went back to work initially at week four because I couldn't. She was too small to be out, and I was at the book shoots and stuff. And then I, my plan was to then do the next three months kind of working and looking after her on my own. And I did actually like 85% of it. I'm going to be honest, it was stressful sometimes at times. <laughs> um, but I did it and I was really happy about it and I'm really like, I'm so pleased about it. But working kind of, and I was taking her to all the book shoot days with me and doing full that and kind of art directing the book. And This is what I'm hoping to do, yeah. bring little man with me everywhere. It's so rewarding, mm. it really is. But then there was the day that we were trying to like do all the edits for the book as well as kind of wrap up the shoot and things. And I was like, I don't think today I can necessarily do both. And my mum wasn't around. And Matt, I can't remember what he was doing. He couldn't take Sky. And I honestly, I like called a nanny agency and I got a nanny. And obviously like they'd accredited her and everything, but she basically arrived at my house and I was like, okay, here's my child. Oh my God. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) And again, I'm sure there's some people listening being like, you're a terrible mum, but I was at my wits end. I was so stressed and I wasn't being able to help her and I wasn't being able to do a good job at work. And I was like, I need two days yeah. to work. And I just, I have to do And you'll be that. a better parent for afterwards because totally. you've been able to dedicate different headspace. But I got to the book shoot and they were like, where's Sky?" And yeah. I was like, wow, it's a funny story. She's actually in my house with a complete stranger. stranger. <laughs> but then when we grew up, I remember going to, um, I guess they called it childminders, where one mum in the circle, yeah. they take it in turns and they'd take the kids for an afternoon. Yeah. So you'd play with the other kids in someone else's lounge yeah. or living room. So there's all sorts of Exactly. Things. And obviously I'd spoken to her, you know, I spoke to her yeah. at length on the phone and I spoke to the nanny's agency about it. And it was the same agency we'd use for the person at the beginning who was absolutely brilliant. And she was really well qualified and had really nice references. Like she wasn't in that sense, like a complete stranger. Like she didn't find her on like Tinder, no. you know, but it's still, it, you know, and so, you you know, she has everything that she could possibly have and you know that and you've got to feel mm. safe you've got to trust I think that's yeah. that's the challenge that's another letting go thing for you I'm sure was oh my exactly. goodness I'm doing this you know she was so sweet and nice and you you have you have to trust in that sense that the world is good yeah. because you can't do everything is it? no. it's just not possible I mean, I mean that leads me on nicely to the first question we've got from Catherine so she said I'm back at work after a short maternity leave and struggling with delegating mm. how can I get better at this yeah honestly it's so hard I think that I don't know I think in a way it's like all or nothing do you know what I mean I think you just have to let go completely like I think for me it might at least for my sanity being back at work properly now that's what I have to do when I'm not there I'm not there and like I love having little text updates of like what's guys up to and stuff but like I'm not there I'm not going to say what's for her lunch you know like I've left the food full of Sorry, I've left the I've left the fridge full of food, and you know, like I'm really close with who's looking after her. Like we know what's happening, but like I have to let go. I'm not there, so I'm I can't gonna find do that it. so hard. It is really hard. Yeah, that's but all or nothing hard. is easier. Yeah, than like trying to trying to do something, but you're not there, so then it becomes stressful. So true. And Nicola has said, and I'm sure you. I mean, you're the perfect question, Ella, for this. As a boss, at times it feels everyone is turning to me for support. How can I help more when it feels like I'm so time poor? I don't feel like I have anything left. I know. I think that is, I definitely have felt that a lot where you're meant to have the answers and it's a time in your life where you feel like you know nothing. And it's quite interesting. You're trying to lead, but like really you feel like you need to be led. And 
gosh, I wish I honestly had the answer to that. For me, it just came back to the fact that like, I tried to, I guess, compartmentalize like how I felt now as a new mum and how I felt and trying to kind of rationalize the fact that like, you've got a lot of hormones and there's a lot going on. And then like, in a way that kind of old you and the work you and the fact that like, people did look up to you and they did trust you and they enjoyed working with you for these reasons and like those reasons haven't changed and like have confidence and trust in the fact that you probably still have those abilities even if they don't feel like they're on the surface they're not going to disappear no oh that's lovely um edith has said i can't switch off work and motherhood are all consuming Mm. what can i do to try and find some calm in my life for me, again, that's what came back to like realizing I just, I just can't do everything. It's, it's just not possible, and so that's why like Matt and I do nothing when we in the evenings. We see his dad a lot. His dad's moved in like just down the road, so we like have dinner with his dad all the time at home. But that's basically all we do. Yeah. Really, like one thing out of seven is like a maybe. That's it. And I know we sound like the most boring people in the world, but that's the only way that I can have some calm in my life. And like Sky's normally in bed about by seven-ish. And that means I've got like two, two and a half hours with Matt or to do my work or to sort the house out or to do some cooking. But like that's my time and my space. And I've got that kind of two, three hours that doesn't have to be rushed. It doesn't have to be stressful in that sense. And I can like put on a face mask while I sort the house out or like tidy stuff up or like Mm. do the Amazon order of the new things that Sky needs. And but if I'm trying to go out and I'm trying to see friends and I'm trying to do this, I don't get that time. And then it becomes so stressful because you you are you are literally on the go 24 seven at that point. Yeah, I'm making too many plans. It's interesting because Fern Cotton, when she came on, she did an episode with us about mental health and her relationship with food. But she said, and she's obviously got her children and she's a stepmom, and she was saying, I don't really have a social life. Yeah, she's like it's it's how I've managed to find a little bit of a break is that I just don't put plans in the diary. Yeah, outside of that's work or for family. me the only way I can do it because that means I always have a second to do what I need to do. And sometimes that's my emails, but it means mm. I'm not stressed. Mm. Not like put friends on, yeah. might put on my face mask yeah. and I'll sit and I'll empty my inbox for two hours. But it means that I'm then really relaxed because yeah. I've caught up with myself. And if I don't ever have the space to catch up with myself or just sit... I'm really And do you know what? To anyone listening, the true friends will always understand, so you don't need to worry about that. So we're going to move on to the fact or fiction round. Okay. So we've got 10 questions for you. Fact or fiction, are you ready? Okay, I'm a bit nervous. Here we go. It's a different one, this one. I'm quite excited about this. Mothers who work don't dedicate enough time to their kids. Fiction, but there is a fact in it in the sense that like you don't spend as much time with your children. And like, so I think it's about quality time rather than quantity. Love the two cues. Expectations are higher on mothers than fathers. I think true and really sadly so. It, there's studies showing that women still do like most of the housework, for example, even if both are working. Unbelievable. Work suffers after you've had a baby. Yeah, I think so. Again, because you don't have as much time or headspace to dedicate to it. You can have it all, professionally and personally. No. (laughs) Nope, straight up no. How how negative am I? (laughs) No. It's It's the best, though. It's good to be honest. All mothers get separation anxiety. I haven't always, actually. Um, I don't know... I love my work and I love being there, but but I haven't actually. No, that's good. You show up to meetings with baby mess stained clothes. <laughs> yes, I'd say, yeah. <laughs> Working mums can't give enough time to their family. 
I think you can, but it just it's just focusing on the fact that it's quality time. You need to rely on your support network more after giving birth. Oh my gosh, so much. It's unbelievable. Postnatal depression is real. Most definitely. You really can have it all. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but it can still be the best ever. And I think that's the interesting thing for me is that you can't have it all. Yeah. But my life now is so much better and happier and more fulfilled than it has ever, ever, ever been. Yeah. And that kind of leads me on to wrapping up this episode and finishing with a food for thought. And I want to start by saying, obviously, the fear of the unknown. Mm. For me, at the stage of before going into what we've just discussed with being a mother is quite frankly the most overwhelming, terrifying thing I've ever experienced. The doubts about how I'm going to earn money. Um, am I good enough? All the different questions that people come up with. But one thing that really rings true is that no mum I've ever met ever regrets having their child. That they feel like it's the most fulfilling thing. Like you've just said, mm. you would do it all over again. There's, there's a lot of... Um, people out there that just want child after child and ultimately I think becoming a mother is must be the most humbling thing but you have to see like Ella said that we maybe not having it all is okay and it's just being okay and accepting the fact that we we go through ups and downs and everybody is unique and this is something I talk about not only in the nutritional science world but in motherhood what right do we have to judge other people that's something that's really honed in from today for me is that I'm almost nervous and scared about the judgment that I haven't even received yet from other people because I know it's going to upset me. Mm. It doesn't matter how many positive things there are in life. We all have feelings and emotions, especially after having a baby. But my take home message would be to be very honest and real with yourself. And Ella on the outside may look like she's got it all completely 100% together. But as you've just heard, she goes through ups and downs as well so Ella if you could leave us with a take home message I think honestly I think it just chimes into exactly what you said which is that life comes in stages and I think it's just about embracing that so for me right now I feel like I'm in the like real homey like be at home have a very small life kind of stage and it's heaven and there'll be a time maybe in like 10 or 15 years time where our life is much bigger again and we'll travel loads and Matt and I will go out because our kids will want to be with their friends and they'll want to have sleepovers with their friends and we'll be out for dinner and our kids won't wake up at 5am every single day and like that's that's okay and my one of my best best friends had a little girl just before me and she said it's the most important thing you can ever remember it's like every just take each day at a time you might have a really bad night or a really bad day doesn't mean the next day will be oh gosh Ella that's wonderful thank you so much for coming on I feel like there's still so much more I want to go into especially being a female and different roles of males and females but we'll just have to do it again so thank you for coming on Food for Thought my pleasure I know I could stay here for like four days <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, you're going to absolutely love what's coming next week. So make sure you click subscribe to be the first to hear it. And please do leave a five-star review. It really does help to get this podcast out there so that we can reach higher highs in the charts and hopefully be able to help more people. For more information about my nutrition clinic, books, healthy recipes, events, retreats, and so much more, please visit retrition.com and follow me at retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Have 
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 